If you would, let's turn, be turning to Zechariah 4. Zechariah 4. <clears throat> now, as you're turning there, but uh, when we read of this, you'll, you'll hear of the plummet. And you think of it as someone building a house. And this was talking about someone building something. It was talking about build, rebuilding the temple. I don't know a lot about surveying or, or building necessarily, but uh, it's, this plumbing is something like we used to call a plumb bob. And it's something that you would have on your transit, and it would hang and it would point right down to a specific spot, a cornerstone. <clears throat> It makes the line straight so that the building is perfectly built. So just keep that in mind when we read this here. So Zechariah verses, I'm only going to read verses 9 and 10 of Zechariah 4. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it, and thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. For who hath despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven. They are the eyes of the Lord which run to and fro through the whole earth. <clears throat> when we read of small things here, it's not talking about God being small necessarily. I might add, and I will clarify this later on. When we read of God, the God of Scripture, we read things such as this. Everything that was created was created by Him, and without Him there was nothing created that was created. We read of a God that is omnipotent. In Revelations 19.6 we, we read that, and the word means God is so sovereign over all things. We read of Jesus Christ that if you were to write everything about Jesus Christ, that there would not be enough books in the world to contain it all. The God of Scripture is not small. He can do whatsoever hath pleased Him. However, this God does deal with small things or in small ways. And there will be rejoicing by those who are small. They will rejoice in what he does. We see it in Scripture where God deals with small things. And I want to go through Scripture today and talk about some of those things. This word here for small things means least, less, or little. So let's look at small things in the Scripture. Let's start by looking at what Scripture indicates is one of the smallest things. If Scripture says something is small, then God is saying it is small. So that means it is small. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, it says. And in most cases, the Scripture indicates that it is the sovereign God who is saying these things. Let's read Isaiah 40. So turn with me to Isaiah 40. Very familiar to you, Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40 and verses 15 through 17. 
Isaiah 40, verse 15. Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor the beast thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing. When we read this passage, it's like reading that passage in Romans 9, where Paul tells us that he is the potter and we are the clay of the same lump. We all come from that, that same lump of corruption. Mankind born of Adam are from one lump. And that lump is so small and insignificant. God tells us in Isaiah that we are not only a drop in the bucket, but we are less than nothing. Now it does say we are accounted as nothing, but who is doing the accounting? God. So I think his accounting of a thing has some weight, don't you? After all, he holds the plummet. Even though this is true, yet we as we are born in Adam think our way is big. We actually think we are big. And that we matter in the grand scheme of things. We love our way and we think our way is the best. There is a little truth to that, that our way is big. The scripture says there is a broad way that leadeth to destruction. The broad way is everyone by nature being a part of this lump, having turned everyone to their own way. In our sight, our way is big. It leads to destruction. Our way is so insignificant and small that it in no way affects God one way or the other. A drop in the bucket will be of no benefit to anyone. And the small dust of the balance does not change the scales one way or another. You know what does affect God? God. God affects God and what he is pleased to have affect him. It is his weights and balances that are sure and right. Proverbs 16:11 we read, A just weight and balance are the Lord's. All the weights of the bag are his work. It is his plummet that he has in his hand. And the building he will build, although it might be small, it will be perfectly created. Seeing all of this in Scripture that this is so, yet there are some small things that our sovereign God has set his sights on. There are some small things that our God has set his his, his sights on, and we read of those who are chosen and called by God are the following type of people in 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 1, verses 25 through 28, we read, Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, 
and base things of the world, and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are. So when we read this, we know that if there are any wise, any mighty, and any noble, and that is wise, mighty, and noble in this world, not wise compared to God, but if there are any of these that God has been pleased to call, it is a very small number because it says not many. But even the rest of those whom he calls, who make up the larger portion of those called, are very small and insignificant. It says most, most that God calls are foolish, weak, base, and despised, and things that are not. The ones God calls are nothings. But we read in the scripture in our text that when it comes to what God does, we are not to despise the day of small things. A small number of wise, mighty, and noble are not to be despised because it is God that calls. The small number of nothings that God calls is not to be despised. The world despises those things God has blessed. <clears throat> but may it not be that God's people despise anything that he is building. As we read, the nations are as a small drop in the bucket. As small as the nations are to God, that drop of the bucket, even to that smallness, God pulls out a remnant, a piece of the whole. A small piece from the whole, that's what a remnant is. God will make his power known in small things. This is how God works. He tells us this. Turn with me to Judges 7. Judges 7, and we'll see this. Judges 7. <clears throat> Judges 7, verses 1 through 7. <clears throat> and this is the account of Gideon when uh, the Midianites and Amalekites, there was just this vast number of men, and he was you know, they were going to go to war with them. And there was this vast number. And this is God talking and dealing with Gideon here. So chapter, uh, Judges chapter 7, 1 through 7. Then Jerubal, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me. Now therefore go to proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people twenty and two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down unto the water, and I will try them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, This shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of whomsoever I say unto thee, This shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So he brought down the people unto the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Every one that lappeth of the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, every one that 
boweth down upon his knees to drink. And the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were three hundred men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lapped will I save you, and deliver the Midianites into thine hand, and let all the other people go, every man unto his place. As small as we are, we have great pride. And God will have none of it. God will deal with small things so that we might know the power is of him and not of ourselves. We have read in Scripture, God reserved unto himself 7,000 men that have not bowed the, the knee to, to Baal. In Romans 11, we read, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed to the knee of the image of Baal. Elias thinks he is by himself, but God has reserved other people that Elias didn't know about. Those who have not bowed down to this world's religion, that religion of Baal. But what does it go on to say? Romans 11, 5. Even so then, at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. It is of God's choosing. The number may look small to us, but God needs nothing. He created us from dirt, so what does God need? But this choosing is by His grace, and this choosing was of a small part of a whole. There is but a small remnant even now today. There is a small number who are chosen and called of God. It is manifested all the time. There at chapel, you know, we are a small group and we gather in a small place. But we are not alone, though. There is not a place when you consider all that's in this world. There is not a place who bow to a sovereign God that has many compared to this world. The smallness tells us or manifests to us just as it did in Gideon's time that the power and glory all goes to God because he is, a, he is triumphant in small numbers. It is not about us. It is about the God we serve. He will show his power in small things. And it's not just about being small, though. There are small places who have no light to speak of. The significance is the one who is blessing the smallness. Even those whom he has called, this remnant, we read of things in the scripture such as this, Matthew eight twenty six, And he saith unto them, Why are ye fear fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Christ tells us in scripture, Luke 17, 6, And the Lord said, If ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed. Ye might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. <clears throat> the faith which we have, though it might be in small measure, the faith itself is not small, but Christ measures it out in small measure. That measure which he sees fit to give, I do wish I had more faith. 
But I know the pride that is in me, and if Christ gave me more, I would be prone to think something of myself. Here is what I take from this concerning faith. If God gives me faith, though it may be small small in measure, I am given that which he has been pleased to give me, and I am blessed to have faith at all. Were it not for him giving me this faith, then I would have no faith at all. Small faith is great because of the author of that faith. The power of it seen in those who were chosen from this small lump and through that faith enabled to believe him. If they did not believe, they would perish. But God says when a man or a woman believes, he accounts that for righteousness. Now I said previously when we read of small things here, it is not talking about God being small necessarily. Now I want to explain what I meant by that. God is not small. God is so great that he cannot be fathomed with our puny small minds. He cannot be comprehended by us other than by his power and grace given to us. In him opening our understanding and revealing some things to us in his word. You will know nothing of God apart from scripture and you will know nothing of it unless he reveals it to you. He must open our understanding because we are incapable of doing it on our own. God has chosen small things to make his power known. Our text in Zechariah, when it speaks of Zerubbabel, it is speaking of of, or is a picture of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ doing the building. Now as it concerns small and as it concerns Christ, Christ portrays himself in his word as a particular something. This is the God who could and can do all things. And I've just picked one verse here. that There's many that reference this, this one word here, but I want to read it. Revelation 17. And cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. That word for lamb means lampkin. Lampkin means, as Walter pointed out at chapel a long time ago, a lampkin is a small and young or young lamb. <clears throat> Salvation has come to those whom our Lord calls that small remnant. Salvation comes to them through a small lamb. Let us not despise small things. Let us not despise the day of small things. Jesus Christ came into the world and made himself of no reputation. Philippians 2 verses 5 through 7 we read, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Jesus Christ is the self-made man. He was not made this out of necessity. He had the power and the right to be made whatever he wanted to. But he chose to make himself of no reputation. He made himself small. The word there in Philippians for of no reputation means to make empty. He could have made himself a rich king who had many servants to do his bidding so that he didn't have any worries at all. 
But he did not do this. He made himself a nothing, a small thing, a little lamb. As we read in Hebrews, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. This is how he chose to build the building. I believe that in Zechariah is talking about Jesus Christ building the church. I know in Zechariah is specifically talking about the rebuilding of the temple. But the greater meaning of that is the building he would build, and that is his church. He would do this by himself. And he would do it being a little lamb. What did Christ tell the Jews in John 2, 19 through 21? Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then said, said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. Jesus Christ, the little lamb, would be slain, slaughtered of wicked men. And I'm not just trying to pin that on the Roman and Jew Jewish people. He would die under the wrath and judgment of God because of my sin. But in three days he would raise again. And for his people, this was a raising of justification to life, meaning this. By him raising, having paid their sin debt, he by his own justice satisfied the demands of God's law. When he raised to life, he manifests that it was just for him to then give his people life from the dead. This is how he could be just and the justifier of them that believe. He has the plummet and he uses it the right way to build the building that will stand. And Walter also pointed this out. This world does not want to bow down to a little lamb, one that made himself nothing that he might redeem them that are under the law. This was a day of small things. A little lamb was slain and sacrificed for his people. I don't want to, to despise the day of small things because it is my hope. This day with this self-made thing small thing, was so large it saved his people to the uttermost. Hebrews 7.25 Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. You know what uttermost is? Uttermost is large. We can say it like this. What Christ did for his people was this little lamb, and what this little lamb did for his people was to save them to a definite place or point. And this point was fully, wholly, and completely, or all the way to salvation. <clears throat> the little lamb, who was a great God, did big things for his people. What have you and I done? What you and I have done is offend this little lamb. We break God's law. His law tells us that his law does this. It's like an x-ray. You all have heard this. I think it was uh, I, uh, his name's left me already, but he gave this <laughs> uh, analogy of an x-ray machine. The x-ray can show us that we're wrong, but it can't fix anything with us. 
All it can do is tell us that we're wrong, something's wrong with us. But the law does not tell us how bad we are. When we see the little lamb, this little lamb shows us how bad we are. <clears throat> the doing and the not doing of the law, we now see how bad it is because we see who it is that this little lamb is. What I have done is evidenced by who he is and what he had to do. He had to go to the cross and be put to death by wicked hands, suffer many things, and be forsaken of God the Father. I know this world wants to talk about Jesus, but the Jesus they talk about, the Jesus they confess, is a Jesus who accomplished nothing. They talk about a Jesus who did all he can do, and now it's up to you. If you cling to a Jesus like that, you will perish because he does not hold the plummet. The only Jesus we can count on is the Jesus in the Scripture who is none other than God Almighty who made himself small. This he did to accomplish something. He saved those whom he chose to the uttermost. This world has their giants. Not small things, but they have their giants. Remember David and Goliath? This is what God Almighty has put in his word to represent how he does things. A small man using a small weapon, not that he can or will put down the enemy, but he has defeated the enemy with small things. God defeats his enemies with a mere breath from his nostrils. Job 4, 9 we read, By the blast of God they perish, and by the breath of his nostrils are they consumed. Can't even hear it, can you? I, that's all it takes for God. <clears throat> it takes no effort on God's part to vanquish his en enemies. God blesses his people in small things. It takes no effort on his part to convey blessings on a people. It is this little lamb of God where we find an everlasting blessing to his people because the little lamb was slaughtered on the remnant's behalf. They are free to serve him in newness of life. What do we read about the small piece of the whole in Micah 7, 18? Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. Do not despise what might seem to be small and insignificant. Because God uses small things to bless abundantly. Isaiah 46, 2 through 5, we read, They stoop, they bow down together, they could not deliver the burden, but themselves are gone into captivity. Hearken unto me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel, which are born by me from the belly, which are carried from the womb. And even to your old age I am he, and even to your whore hairs will I carry you. From birth to the laying down of this body, he carries us. That's what that's saying. Then it goes on. I have made, and I will bear, even I will carry, and will deliver you. To whom will you liken me, and make me equal? And compare me, that we may be like. We have seen in Scripture where Jesus Christ uses something small and insignificant to bless his people greatly. 
the small things he uses will be enough. Now, I want to say that what I'm about to read is not necessarily something that was done for his people. Christ did this even for those who would forsake him. But our Lord, just as he did in creation, can take nothing and make something. So if you would, turn with me to John 6. This is very familiar, John 6. John 6. John 6, and I want to read verses 9 through 12. There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. So what am I trying to say? A small thing with God, as it concerns his people, is a great thing. By that I mean it is a large thing when done by the God who is great and large. As I said, at, at Sovereign Grace Chapel we have a small building. But by the grace of God we ha- have had in that small building the sound of the gospel for many years. Just as I'm sure you have here. I know you have. I know you've known you for a long time. <laughs> we are a small number, but we are promised that where two or three are gathered in my name, There I am in the midst of you. The great God we serve, that little lamb, is right in the midst of us, so we are not left alone. God has said that his word will not return unto him void. Just because we may not hear about the effects does not mean his word is not doing anything. His word will accomplish that for which he has sent it forth to do. Whether it be blessing or condemnation, it accomplishes what he has sent it forth to do. The God we serve is both small and great. He is the little lamb, but he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. If he is the one building the building, then the small thing you have is a great thing, merely because of the one building it. There was no greater blessing that he could bestow upon us than to take my sins in his own body. And the little Lamb of God who was slaughtered for my offenses was raised for my justification. How great and how large is that? It is enough is what it is. Not too much, not too little. It is just enough. It is a perfect building and that causes me to rejoice. There is a reason for rejoicing, because he has built the building. God's people are a small lot, but the God we serve is not small. He made himself small to deliver a people, but he now sits on his throne and he is in absolute sovereign control. His building will be perfect because he is the foundation of it all. One last thing I want to mention that's in our text. They rejoice because they see the plummet in his hand. 